You're listening to episode 215, Live Life to the Fullest with Nathaniel Zurbrig. What I realized is truly take time with yourself, spend time mm-hmm. with yourself. When you know yourself better and better, you can remove everything around you much better that's telling you hey, you can't do this. You won't be able to have that. Never, no one has ever done it before. Um, but if you really know yourself, which is an ongoing process in life, but the more you know yourself, the more you know your strengths, the more you know your passion, and the more you know your values. And if you build on that, it's your, it's your fundament of your unlimited potential. This is the Dance of Life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Dance of Life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and I will be your host. Napoleon Hill, famous author, once wrote, There are no limitations to the mind except the ones we acknowledge. I love that quote because as convincing as every limitation may be, especially there's been many one, many this year, I'm sure, for all of us, you know, it's always in our mind that it is the real limitation. The mind is the one, it's the bottleneck. When you really get this, you will have freedom. And it's a constant practice because there's always something to pull you back from living your fullest, from seeing that the only limitations are truly in our minds. So we have to practice every day. We have to remind ourselves to live every day as it is day one. Today, my inspiring guest is Nathaniel Zurbreg. Nathaniel was diagnosed with a rare kidney disease and just a few years of life. And ever since then, his story has been one of perseverance, strength, courage, and living in faith. Today, he is an international motivational speaker. He's booked nearly every weekend, and I get the honor of sitting down with him and chatting about what it takes to be courageous, to find gratitude in the face of extreme challenges, and to live life to the fullest, according to his mantra. It's a really great episode, guys. So happy to have you here. If you want to follow Nathaniel, you can check him out at nathanielzurbrueg.com. I'm going to put that in the show notes, the post on the podcast page for this. So in case you don't know how to spell that, it's Z-U-R-B-R-U. See, I can't even say it. Z-U-R-B-R-U-E-G-G. So we're going to put that all on the show notes. And you can get a free ebook uh, from Nathaniel. It's Four Steps to Unlimit Your Life. And that's downloadable on all of his websites, but I'll put all that stuff on the podcast post. You know, like I said, today we're talking about being courageous, about living your life full out and overcoming challenges, connecting to yourself, finding faith in hard times. These are all such relevant points, you know, for today, especially with all the craziness this year. I can't 
imagine what everybody's had to deal with, but for sure it's turned your life upside down one way or another. So I'm super excited to share this story with you uh, because I think it's well-timed. You know, I think it's well-timed to hear these things about courage, about remembering to persevere, and Nathaniel's story is very inspiring. So if you know anybody that needs a little inspiration today, a little reminder to keep on going, share this episode with them. You never know the difference you're going to make in their lives. And if you like this stuff, make sure you subscribe. But here we go. Live your life to the fullest with Nathaniel Zurbreg. What have you been up to lately? Today? Yeah. Well, I guess lately, I mean, you've just been speaking a lot or are you doing more like work on your business? I'm uh, right now enjoying my entrepreneur life of not doing a lot. <laughs> yeah. How is it in Switzerland? Are you guys locked down like crazy over there or is it, uh, is it not so crazy with the lockdown? No, we had, we had a lockdown in the beginning mm-hmm. for about... I don't know, maybe six weeks. Gotcha. But now it's everything so back much. to normal, actually, except some health regulations. Yeah. Are people really having crazy. to wear masks and stuff? Or Yeah, they're really crazy about the masks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, we'll see. They're, they're voting on keeping them or not, I think, recently this week. So we, all of us, you know, all of my friends, like, wrote a bunch of emails to the government yeah. <laughs> to stop this. Yeah, I just, I just talked with a friend today. Something is going on in behind. Yeah. Like, I don't know who who is, um, whether it's political or something bigger. Yeah. That wants us to, to control stay everything. Stay afraid. Put your, put your muzzle on and stay afraid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. But uh, I'm glad I, I found a doctor to release me from the mask. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Nice. <laughs> I got That's a good. doctor. Uh, uh, what it's called, yeah, uh, a confirmation that I cannot wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a strange time to be honest. It uh, is strange, you know. But I'll tell you what, I think that the future is bright with all of this nonsense that's going on. I'm pretty excited for the future. I think once yeah. we get through this, it's going to be really good. And there's, I Me think too. that this gave people a lot, a lot of time to wake up you know, in general, yeah. just to wake yeah. up about everything, your health, uh, whatever, yeah. politics, I mean, everything really. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think we're going to enter a new age. People are a lot more awake than they ever were. It's, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I feel like uh, it will hit probably, don't want to offend anyone, but like it's going to hit the average people a lot. Yeah. You know, those who lived and, Ordinary life, yeah. Uh, always, always were expecting the the government to do something about the situation. Yeah, so I think those people are going to to wake up a lot. Um, yeah, to take responsibility about their own life. Yeah, I mean, it forces you. Something like this really forces you to either, like, if if you're not coming out of this year with some massive personal growth, I mean, you, yeah, you, you miss the train. 
you missed the train for sure. I agree with you. Well, I'm excited to have you, man. I mean, I haven't read through your whole life story, but some of the stuff I read initially was just like, holy smokes. Like you were born with um, hemolytic uremic syndrome, which I never even heard of, but apparently it's pretty serious. And then you were had like 230 yeah. blood yeah. pressure when you were four years old. I mean, my goodness, like you've been through you've been catheters when you were a little kid. I mean, you were, you've been through a lot. So why don't you share a little bit about that? I mean, how you got to be, now you're speaking, you have your own nonprofit, you're, you're inspiring people. I mean, I love it. So how did you get from that point to where you are now? It's, it's a soon to be nonprofit. Soon to be nonprofit. All right. Nice. <laughs> That's live life to the fullest, right? Yeah. That's so what, it's yeah. live life to the fullest and the unlimited you is my business. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I have. Are you planning on uh, writing a book at all? Um, I do have an ebook actually, but yeah. not like a real, real ebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be honest, I'm not that. I'm not that good writer yet. Yeah. No, no. That's okay. That. You can have a ghostwriter. You can have somebody just ghostwriter yeah, for you and I'm just give them the experiences. Yeah. Wow. So, someone who wants to write it, um, but that's at the moment not the priority. Um, I have to sort out. A little bit stuff in the inside doing my chronic illness and my family that happened. Yeah. So I'm uh, working on at the moment because I feel like um, I've been fighting my whole life without having a proper break. Yeah. Cleaning out some stuff that happened. So that, that's on the go at the moment. Yeah. And I feel like I will come out uh, with way more freedom and, you know, that. Uh, relating stuff from the some inside. space some space in your life yeah yeah absolutely um back to your question about the stories so do you want me to share the yeah i mean where how did you get into you know because a lot of people have things that they're born with you know or, or you know situations that are very challenging and you chose to really take the high road you know you chose to to, to take what life gave you and and really turn it around in many ways, you know? So how did you get to that point? Like when was, when was the point when you, you know, turned it around, I guess? I mean, were you always just like a, a fighter or was there a point where you just, life said to you like, okay, this is enough. Like I need to either choose to, to fight or I'm, I'm just going to die, you know? So yeah, what was that like for you? Yeah, I call it the breaking point. When yeah, you get the breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think it was weird about, well, it was not just one event. Yeah. Uh, it was an ongoing event. And for me, it was about when I was eight, nine years old, when I lost my second kidney transplant. Wow. Um, that was the thing um, because, so imagine I was like, in the first seven years of my age, I didn't know about what a real life is like. Yeah. But I was uh, in the hospital most of the time. I I was like fed by an artificial uh, feeding tube. Were you um, homeschooled during this time or did you go to school as a kid or did, were you not having time to do that? Um, I went, yeah, that was the thing. I went actually, when I had my second kidney transplant, I come into kindergarten. Yeah. So I was... Wow, that's insane. Yeah, it was quite strange because I was attending kindergarten 
I even started kindergarten shortly before, but then I got transplanted. And then uh, I attended kindergarten, grade one and grade two and part of grade three. Mm-hmm. I attended with the kidney transplant. Yeah. Uh, at that time, I was about nine years old. And then um, I had a huge, um, so my chronic illness strike back again and destroy my kidney transplant. Wow. And uh, so after those two and a half years, I was in the kidney transplant. Uh, I fully flourished. So I basically um, overtook or learned everything that happened, that should have happened from one age. You caught up basically. Age seven, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was absolutely the dream because uh, I didn't have to go to the dialysis treatment anymore three times wow. a week. Um, I could flourish. I could feed myself. I had, to be honest, shit come, it comes to my mind. Um, when I think about there was the feeding tube, there were always the same flavor. <laughs> all of a sudden, I could eat everything. Wow. Um, this was, how, how old were you when this happened? When you? Um, so that was when I was, um, I got the kidney when I was uh, six and a half years old. Wow. Yeah, six and a half. And um, so everything just come like I was really flourishing. And then um, we, uh, after those two and a half years, I lost the kidney again. And I remember that time I was holding on to it like crazy. I was my best friend at the time. And uh, so over a period of time, my doctors and my parents told me, hey, we have to remove the kidney because it just does only damage to my body. And I was like, no, no. I was like, I don't want to do that. I was still, I still had the kidney, but at the same time I was having had to go back on dialysis. So I was in the tension in between. And, um, but then it's a crazy, I'm not saying that often, but by the time at some point I was going into the bathroom and my urinate was just bleeding. Wow. And um, that was the moment it may click to say, okay, I really have to let it go. Um, I had another operation to take it out. And then I realized going back home, um, I really realized it was like, it was like, um, you know, somebody dies, but then on the funeral, you will let everything go. It was like that. Mm. Um, So for me, it was like a world breaking down for two weeks. I was in the coma, uh, sorry, not in the coma. I was on my couch my pant place I didn't talk anything didn't move didn't, almost didn't move anything just kind of depressed pretty much yeah depressed and uh, everything that I did I didn't eat anything and uh, for two weeks and all I did was like um, uh, thinking about how I can enter life mm-hmm. and the reality was that my so my parents uh, are and myself up people of faith, they realized, okay, we, we can't do anything to help. So we have to bring in some uh, pastoral care people. And uh, the interesting thing was like, for me was like the moment when they uh, spoke life 
over me and something moved in the inside where I realized I got renewed strength, not just physically, but also spiritually and emotionally. And so I slowly started to believe and to build up a belief that says that all things will work together for the good. And uh, that was a bit my uh, breaking point, but also the breakthrough point. And you were like nine at that point, or how old were you? Yeah, nine, nine years. Wow, man, that's, that's intense. That is an intense first nine years of life. Yeah. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was huge because um, um, the, 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 the funny thing, or actually interesting thing was, so up to year 15, age 15, it was just crazy. And then all of a sudden changed, everything changed. Hmm. Uh, my health becomes stable. I sh- of course, I still have to go to dialysis since back in 2009 when I turned 14, 15 years old, um, which I do three times a, a week now, uh, ongoing. But it changed. And uh, before that, I had about 40 operations I feel depression and burnout. Um, I shouldn't be able to walk, talk, amount to anything. And according to the doctor, I should be dead six times by now. And um, so that's part of my life. That's crazy, man. I mean, that is just, it's, uh, it's inspiring, really. I mean, there's so many, there's so many people, like I said, that are born with, I mean, much less than that. Let's put it that way. I mean, much less than that. It's like, you know, uh, to be able to turn that all around, especially at an early age, especially at nine years old, to come to that spiritual breaking point where you, uh, where you decided, okay, I'm going to, where did you get this term, live life to the fullest? When did you come up with that? Um, it was the beginning of my uh, speaking career mm-hmm. when I was about well, 16. 16. Uh, 2016. Oh, yeah. 2016. Gotcha. Yeah. So, four years. So I was uh, in Australia, living in Australia for four and a half years. Um, and then after that, so I did a leadership college for three years. Mm-hmm. After the college, I realized that hey, I want to, yeah, I, I, I need to bring out that story. And yeah, um, um, yeah I was just, I don't know how I got to that, to that uh saying um, it's just a natural I, natural extension of life yeah, i mean i see pictures you're like traveling a lot you love traveling right like you like going skiing and all kinds of stuff i mean i saw some yeah pictures. yeah and uh you're I definitely was, living life to the fullest that's for sure yeah absolutely i was like okay why not but how it really come to my mind i i can't tell you <laughs> it's just for dead <laughs> what, what does that mean to you like the phrase like what does it mean to you right now? If, if somebody said, hey, you know, what does live life to the fullest mean to you? If, what, what would it be the explanation? Great question. Uh, for me, I think it's, it's all about living life fully in terms of not living life in somebody, uh, somebody else's shoes, mm-hmm. really living your life not in an egoistical way, but more in a way to to be fulfilled, um, to be to do and have what you what is inside you, and I'm going to talk about that later. How you can um, take or uh, 
puts your unlimited potential into practice, which I believe is already in us. Uh, but it's like, you know, you have, uh, for me, it's always like, uh, you know, you, you sow it and then the flower comes up. But the seed is already planted. It's already in the, there. Yeah. Yeah. In the ground. And uh, it, uh, so there's, there's the, the unlimited life which already happened, but there's also the unlimited life, which is a verb that is to, yeah, to take action. And for me, it's all about um, to, to discover what's in me that, that brings me satisfaction, that brings me fulfillment, whether it's uh, like uh, in, the, in the spiritual sense or in the emotional sense or in the physical sense. And uh, that's all about live life to the fullest, to really um, not just um, to look at yourself, but also um, to give what you have, which I always say almost comes automatically when you have, when the right people come to you that you can serve, then it's like, it's an amazing, beautiful thing. That's an ongoing um, life, a fulfilled life. Um, yeah, live life to the fullest. Hundred percent, man. I mean, it's live, living life. I think. Uh, I I think part of that definition has to be that you somehow are serving other people. I mean, that that is one of the most fulfilling things to see the joy on other people's face when they get when they get something right, when they get a new idea or they get a breakthrough or they let something go. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I I think we are we are there for we are here for that. Uh, we are here to to give to self. Um, I think for me, as personal faith, it, it's a God-given thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be different for whatever somebody believes, but uh, I think we are here for relationship to give. In in terms giving, not not that we uh, rush into burnout, but more give into what we have to be unique ourselves and to give whatever is inside us um, and to multiply that. Was there anything or anyone that kind of inspired you that was sort of your, I guess you can answer this however you want, but what was the source of your inspiration to keep going, especially, you know, throughout this whole journey, you know, it's, it's easy to, to want to quit, you know, I mean, there's so many op- opportunities, right? So what kept you going? What was the, the fuel to your fire? Great question. Well, there are so many people. Um, I think the least could go on. But uh, for me, one of the guys, uh, Nick Wichick, he is uh, probably the, the most inspirational person in history. Hmm. And I have always looked up to him to, to see how he does life, how he multiplies things. And uh, of course, um, I would, I want to give as well somebody close, which uh, of course my um, my family, my parents. I'm really grateful for that. Uh, my dad is a hardworking guy. My mom is a super loving uh, mother. Has always, they both have always been on my side. And um, yeah, it's it just. Um, as as somebody once told me, like there's there's so many people around you to get you on the top, and uh, mm-hmm. there's yeah, 
really a lot of people that inspire me to. to We're move. always surrounded, right? Yeah. We're always absolutely. surrounded. You know, it's it's interesting because I find that a lot of times, you know, in times like these, when you when you have a situation when you know when something's going out of control, especially with your health, that's a that's a big spot. Uh, you know, that's an opportunity to learn a huge spiritual lesson. Like I feel that the body is really our vehicle for the spiritual lessons that we're here to to have. You know, and especially when you have a difficult situation, there's always these very big spiritual lessons that come out of it. So I'm sure there's a lot for you with everything that's going on. It's, but if you could pick one thing that this whole experience has taught you, how old are you, by the way? I'm 31. 31. 31. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so pretty much what, if you could look back on those last 30, 31 years of your life, I mean, what has this experience taught you as far as like a, you know, as far as your spirit, spiritual growth? I'm sure there's a lot, but you know, you can pick one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Great question. Um, I think for me was not, not focusing on being, independent Mm. Uh, that's probably the biggest lesson that just about to even more is coming um, into expression because um, probably a a lot of people out there that are listening now have a lot of circumstances as well and and you know when you have a lot of tribulation circumstances in whatever area um, at one point you learn to fight and which is great but when you learn to fight all the time then you get really independent you are like um, you, you almost not, not to tell that in a, in a boasting uh, in a boasting way but you 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 separate from the crowd, yeah. Because um, because you see most of the people that you grow up, they don't have really to fight, and you fight, and you're like, okay, you, uh, the fight is great because you learn a lot, and because you learn a lot, you grow more, and um, doesn't mean you're better than anyone else. But um, the, my point is like when you go into that. Um, situation you really become independent which means you get the desire to do everything and anything by yourself because you don't know anything else mm. <laughs> and uh, it's it's almost like a one one-to-one game and um, so but then at some point you realize well that independency actually is a huge barrier to yourself because you limit yourself by yourself. <laughs> and uh, so when you ask me in the spiritual term, for me it was always like, it's always like a circle. Um, you, you never finish that circle because um, you, you fight, you get independent, and then you realize, okay, I need... I need to depend on someone higher, which for me is God. Mm. 
Mm. And uh, a God who unconditionally loved me and uh, wish once I believe a relationship with anybody in this on this world. Uh, so you know, like the point is, I I have to get back to Him in order to recharge, to get wisdom, to 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 get more understanding how I need to fight or how I need to, to take the next step. And uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing journey because uh, I realized, like, I just found out during this time that um, the first three years of any decade of my life always starts with being dependent on him. And the rest mm. of the seven years of my decade are just on fire. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I step back for three, two, three years and uh, I, I don't have to decide to go out that much. I don't have to decide to, to move the world or to, to change the world. But all of a sudden, there's no specific day that's happening. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm so pumped and excited to give what I just um, got. And uh, I, I call it uh, the recharging years of my life, which, is, uh, which usually happened between two to three years. It's quite, it's quite funny. Um, I just realized that uh, in my, when, my, when my third started, um, all of a sudden um, I, I got frustrated about, about projects that I was leading or doing, then all of a sudden I got stuck. And then mm. I got so frustrated, then I had nothing else to do than to step back and say, hey, God, let's do it. You, you can do it better than me. Uh, it's, always, it's almost like, you know, the, the kids, the, the small kid always want to build a tower. But we know that the kid is only like maybe uh, yeah. three feet tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the meter, dad yeah. is 180 high. Yeah. And the kid is like, oh, I don't want to do it by myself. And the tower is only 120 high. Mm. And the dad comes in and says, hey, let us build it together because I can help you make it bigger. And mm. uh, I think that's uh, probably the biggest spiritual lesson that I have learned so far to um, really turn the independence into, into depend, dependency, if that's a word. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it because cooperation, ultimately anything that you want to do in life, if it's, if it's worthwhile, if it's valuable, it's always going to be bigger than you. So that means you have to involve other people. And, and it's yeah. difficult. I mean, it's, I, I can relate because there's so many things that, I feel comfortable doing, like you said, you know, you fight. And so that makes you independent. Uh, and then you realize, Oh, I can just do it better myself. Why am I going to have anybody else do it? You know? So, but then you, you kind of trap yourself in a little trap of work and burnout and uh, you know, just burning out. I mean, I've had so many of those type of situations. So in your own experience, and you mentioned that project recently that you, you got frustrated with, but like, what is the hardest thing for you to, delegate or cooperate with other people on because cooperation is, is there's a whole lot of ways you know that you can work with other people and like for me it's it's really hard for me to delegate certain design things i'm really super picky about how things look uh you know and it's like i'm, I'm super anal about that because i can do it myself but you know if i did delegate it you know it's like it has to be done 
<laughs> it just really bothers me. I haven't gotten to the point where I can delegate writing yet, and I'm I'm a big writer. So, uh, so in your case, what do you find that you that's like super hard for you to, like, where are you the most independent? Like right now, where are you the most independent, and where you think you should be a little more, let's say, cooperating with others? Like, where is that area for you that's hard to to not be independent? <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I'm making sense, like where is it hard for yeah. you to cooperate with other people? <laughs> the question that probably never asked me somebody else. So <laughs> I, I try to do that, you know, that's my... Right now when I'm stuck, I'm going <laughs> to... No. Yeah. Um, yeah, first of all, <laughs> I think uh, when I'm under stress, I'm, uh, I'm super, I withdraw from anyone. What stresses and, you out the most? Say again? What stresses you out the most? Like, what tends to be a trigger for you for stress? It, it it can be any it can be any stress. It can be frustration about somebody not behaving the way uh, I was imagining or expect, ex, expect, yeah. expecting. Uh, it can be um, future stress that I don't know how to figure out things. Um, it can be stress about not sleeping enough, and <laughs> all kind of stress. And that's one thing. Um, in terms of what I need to learn right now, I think is really to, and that's what I said in the beginning, a bit of the emotional. Um, I, I, I tend to have a little bit of emotional instability. Um, so I, I realized that uh, a lot of emotional stuff is going on without me because the reality was I never, I wouldn't say never, but I, I wasn't good at learning uh, expressing my emotions early in my days as a kid. And, um, and uh, that, that has a little bit of consequences now. I truly had to express emotion in at some part. And so what I do, I would rather say something, I would rather, sorry, I would rather withdraw from anyone than talk about the problem. Gotcha. And uh, that's, of course, a big stress for me. And, and the problem doesn't solve by not telling me as somebody else. And uh, that's, I think, for me, um, it, yeah, I'm, I'm a spiritual, physical, strong guy, uh, but I think it's now good to to get a bit emotional strength as well. And uh, yeah, it, if, if that's... Are you doing anything for that? Is there anything that you've done recently that, that has helped you become more... I guess in tune with your emotions or or manage emotional changes. Yeah, I'm I'm learning about uh, CBT, cognitive behavior training. Oh, okay. And uh, I do once a month. I have a therapy. Um, uh, I've recently started to read a lot about things to get a, a perspective of what what are different scenarios, how I can identify and and uh, for me it has really helped to um, because the moment I am aware of something I'm really quick to learn and to focus on it and uh, but there are so many things that I'm not aware of uh, whether it's with communicating with people with behaving with people other people behaving with me 
and uh, other people communicating with me, and a misunderstanding of words, approaching of words, and all those different uh, facets of the emotional part of life. And uh, it's really helping me to to understand certain situation, and then I can I have the awareness and try to to react in a in a healthy way or in a proper way. What do you think has been like one of the biggest challenges with, with speaking and everything you've been doing, like public speaking and I guess running the business, everything you've been doing the last couple of years, you said you started that in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I guess in the last four years, what has been the most frustrating thing for you or the hardest thing to, to deal with about the whole process, whether it's been your business or certain things that happen, you know, with other people, like, I don't know, whatever's been the biggest challenge for you and how did you overcome it? Let's put it that way. So what's been the biggest challenge or one of them and how did you overcome it? Great question. Uh, the biggest challenge is uh, preparation. Yeah. Like not enough <laughs> preparation. You're a procrastinator or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. That as well. And uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm still figuring out what, what's my best way to prepare. Mm-hmm. And um, I hate to, to, to put my talks onto paper. It's just, yeah. it's just somehow doesn't uh, uh, work. And uh, then I, I lose a lot of time and I'm frustrated and well. Um, yeah, all the lost time. Do you just kind of uh, wing it? Like when you go and speak, because you're speaking as a pretty large audience from what I can tell, you know, and do you kind of have an outline? Do you just, or do you just have it in your head? You have a kind of a, a feel, you just go by feel or how do you do it? How do you prepare right now? Let's put it that way. <laughs> what is the level of preparation that you have when you go into so, it? Yeah, great question. Um, actually, so if I have a keynote speaking, I, I prepared quite a lot. Yeah. And um, I was uh, at the John Maxwell conference um, as a stage finalist. And uh, it was really driving me because at the end, I knew I was winning something. And <laughs> so um, that's well, three and a half thousand people at quite a, a crowd. Yeah. And so I had three minute time and I was going through it with a mentor. Um, but um, yeah, it was three minutes I packed into 40 hours, over 40 hours of preparation. Wow. And, um, and it was, it was amazing to do. Um, yet I realized that I'm more a person. My strength is more like speaking naturally like I love, I love interviews, um, yeah. which I, which I'm trying to figure out, figuring out uh, right now because um, I love to be natural because you get, you you get. Um, I don't know. There's something about between you prepare a lot and then you go to the text and you are very spontaneously you yeah. know what I mean uh, of course on the other side preparation gives the confidence that we need to have and that is just really important as well but um, 
what I do usually is, um, for example, when I invited uh, in a live event, I'm going to invite an interview or a keynote. You know, the keynote is always about um, figuring out hey, what I'm going to, what, what is the culture of the audience, what is the vision, what is the, the company about, uh, all that. And then I'm trying to, to connect that. Uh, if it's an interview, uh, I do the same, but I'm going through the head, like I'm literally not writing it down, but over weeks, um, I'm going through different scenarios in my head. Um, sometimes I get a question beforehand so I can prepare. Sometimes I, I have no clue what's coming up. But the, the cool thing is, like, the more I do that with my mind, the more I actually realize um, I, I can prepare that way and then I can pick out the best scenarios uh, in, in, a, in a time when it, it's coming up. And the, the, the cool thing is what I, what I realized is that the more I do it, um, especially in the podcast now, if you will hurt me in the first podcast, that was, uh, yeah, that was um, not not much to give. But right now, I realize that every now and then I have scenarios of, ah, oh, that was actually a great thing that I said. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and the, the, the moment is that the more I do it, it's a lot of practice and I love practice in doing, like just doing it and going out there and sharing it. And uh, that is something that I really learning right now. What would you say is the importance of practice to, to, to somebody who is struggling with having to do something over and over again? Because each of us, I think, have a different tolerance for repetition, especially I find if, if something is not um, necessarily exciting, <laughs> you know, you're trying to just get to the end of it or whatever and try to get better at it. But how do you deal with that? How do you personally deal with that? And how would you help somebody who is dealing with a situation where they have to practice. They have to get better at something. They have to get more masterful, whether it's a business, a relationship, uh, something in their health, whatever it is. I think life is a practice. But how do you approach that problem of repetition and making it okay to do it every day and not get sick of it and making it new for yourself and you know keep it fresh, basically? How do you do that? Great question. Uh, for me, what I think is uh, really valuable to, um, I forgot the word. Yeah, to firstly to really practice and yeah, I get it back in, sorry. Um, so I look into the future. So I once heard the saying that if you do something uh, 30 minutes or 60 minutes a day and you do it every day for five years, you're going to be an expert. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't it doesn't need to be much. Um, for me, what I realize what what is really releasing or relieving me from having a lot of pressure to do something is to just do it with what I have. And 
you know, the, the problem is that we ourselves are the ones that put the most expectations on ourselves. Yeah. Not the, because I often have real, or always realized that um, when I spoke or mentor or whatever, um, people come up to me, oh, that was so good. While I was thinking it was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I could improve so many things. Right. And um, so I think that that's just what, what I what I realized is like, like just take what is in your hand, what you have, and use that. And people don't care about your perfect speaking. I, I believe that it's more about the, the authenticity of the person and the love of the person. Like people can feel your authenticity in, in when you, when somebody speaks to them um, and the love they have for the people. And it doesn't it doesn't matter whether the words are perf- perfect or the action is perfect because we we all have the desire to be ourselves and to not and to lo- allow the mistake. And then what, what I realized as well from once it's finished to really reflect about, hey, okay, what could I improve? Uh, what, I have, what have I done? Um, what have I done really well? And what could be something that I could improve? And I mean, if you, let's say, have a speaking once a week and you improve every week one thing, at uh, 52 things a year. And uh, it's quite yeah. a lot. <laughs> it adds up. I, I thought about that too, like with books, because I, I like to read uh, or listen to books because I can do other things. But it's like, man, you know, you, you listen to a book, let's say once a month. That's not even that hard, you know, between driving everywhere and stuff. You're, by the end of the year, you've already learned 12 books. You know, you do that five years that's 60 books you know so it's it's crazy how things add up like you said i mean yeah it compounds it's the rule of yeah. compounding absolutely you brought up something which may be indirectly but i still think it's important it's kind of this whole idea that you just have to do it and part of it to me is courage you know and courage i think is a, is a big theme in your life i mean you've, you've been very courageous with everything you've done so what would you say to people out there right now, how can they practice being more courageous? Because I think courage is one of those virtues like faith, like gratitude. It's one of those fundamental virtues we have to have in life. We have to have courage to, to grow, to act on things that are uncomfortable, to, you know, take the risk to, to do whatever, to be, to let go even that takes courage, you know? So what would you say from your experience and everything that you've lived through are some ways that people can practice courage in their life? Great question. Um, uh, yeah, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nike style? <laughs> no, it's easier said than done. Yeah, no, it's easier said than done. For me, it's uh, absolutely what I realized is to really take time with yourself, spend time mm-hmm. with yourself. When you know yourself better and better, you can remove everything around you much better that telling you how hey, you can't do this you won't be able to have that 
never, no one has ever done it before. Um, but if you really know yourself, which is an ongoing process in life, but the more you know yourself, the more you know your strengths, the more you know your passion, and the more you know your values. And if you build on that, it's your, it's your fundament of your unlimited potential, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so you take that, you, you, you have a strong foundation. And when you hear, hear something, okay, let's say I have the strength of being generous, and somebody tells me, oh, okay, you cannot give, uh, you cannot build up a, a house for homeless people. No one has done it in your community. And you realize, okay, I have, but I have the strength of the generosity. So I can go back to that and it validates my beliefs and it removes the other beliefs. And I think that that's the first step of uh, being courageous. Um, and then, of course, the more you have that, the more you get confidence. And the more you can confidence you have, the more you, the easier it is to be courageous. And I think that's uh, the, the most fundamental uh, thing that I have learned on my own the, the last three decades. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally relate to that. It's really, you have to uh, create evidence for yourself. Yeah. through through taking action because then like like you said once it's out in the world you know it's there you see it then you have a little more confidence and then that fuels you know a little more courage and so on and i think another part of that is faith too honestly i mean i i'm sure in your life you know you you're religious you know uh and faith is a big part of your life and especially recently for myself as well has been um it's interesting i I have always, I grew up very religious and then I kind of went through a long phase of just being spiritual and in a sense, like I always believe there's something greater. I always believe there's a universe and common consciousness and all this stuff. But I find it really interesting that in the last year, especially with all this coronavirus crap, it's, I don't know what it's been, uh, but I find that I have a more personal relationship with God now. Like it's more, it's not just the universe. Like to me, it's God. You know, and again, that could be different for everybody, but um, it's interesting how that changed, you know, and I, I, I find that to be a very important part of my life. In your life, what do you, how do you connect to that every day? I mean, how do you specifically connect to your faith? And not necessarily the religious way, or like what prayers you say or anything like that, but really I'm talking about faith in the sense of connecting to that idea that everything's going to be all right, that you're taken care of, that you're being guided, that, you know, faith, basically the, the guiding rock of your life. How do you connect to that every day? Especially, obviously there's always a reason to lose faith. So how do you connect to that? Great, great question. Uh, for me, it's, it's absolutely spending time. Um, we got like, do you go um, somewhere specifically or you just can go outside, be in your room, whatever? Yeah, it's, it's not even, it's not even, uh, it's not even, uh, how we say, a specific thing. Of course, I do my uh, morning devotion. I go for a walk. But for me, um, there's a difference between religion and relationship. Mm. And I love that because 
relationship is nothing else than it's for me relationship or is 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 something like a man made up thing mm. like you have a lot of rules you have to do this and that and this but a relationship with god is for me like as the best way to describe is to have it with a relationship with your father yeah and i know that probably a a few people out there listen to that you didn't have a a good relationship with your physical father and you can't really imagine how god can be like that but i want to tell you it god is completely different um so the the reality is that we often make a picture of God based on our beliefs, on our environment, on our the way we grew up. But what I realized it, it's it's so so God is so much different. Um, and uh, I just a couple of weeks ago uh, at the moment I I am I'm learning again to really um, to fat home the. The, 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 the you know the presence of God, which can be anywhere, and for me, back to your question, it's no, it's not a one-day event. It's just like um, during the day, thinking of God, trying to asking Him, hey, how even the smallest part, what would you, what would you, how would you do that? How would mm-hmm. you move that? Or saying like, "Hey, let's cook something together. Uh, let's eat something together." And you know, like, really an ongoing um, uh, relationship. And uh, it 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 really helps me to, even though, especially in times of when I feel um, discharged from anyone or people refuse me, which happened a lot in my time, especially in those times, I realized, okay, I might be physically alone, but yet I'm not alone. And uh, this is a super amazing, uh, loving thing to do. Has anything challenged your faith or not necessarily like your religious faith again, but more like, was there anything recently that was really like made you feel almost hopeless or like challenge your faith or kind of get disconnected a little bit from that relationship? Like what did anything like that happen at all recently or not so much? Yeah, it does. Um, right now it's, it's quite often because of my, you know, um, my greatest dream is to travel the world and um, speak, inspire people and uh, wherever go, wherever I go, there's my my business. <laughs> and, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, but this is not possible at the moment because I'm on my uh, waiting list for my four kidney transplant. Oh wow! And I can get a call anytime, which means I'm not able to fly uh, away the English. And um, do you get several of those throughout your life, or is it? I mean, how long do they last usually? This is your fourth uh, kidney transplant. Yeah, the average wow. waiting time is about two to three years. Right. And um, and how long and, do they last once you get one in? Yeah. So now it, it's uh, because of the, the, the reason I do it again is because they have 
um, developed a really great medication that should um, basically help the immune put, system. Like, yeah, put a wall between my chronic illness and my kidney. Gotcha. So chronic illness cannot affect the kidney anymore. Wow. And, well, that's uh, exciting. I mean, that's that's yeah. a big news for you. It's uh, amazing because the first people got it with uh, about 12 years, uh, 12 years ago, and they still have the kidneys. Wow. Which is uh, really good. With so, your, they have your condition, those people that took the medicine. They have, um, so the HUS, the hemolytic uremic syndrome, is a very broad spectrum of, of, um, of, illnesses yeah but most of the the things are like chronic illness uh connected with the kidneys so most of the people have same like me and um yeah so it's a really exciting thing um yet on the other side i'm like really limited and um so yeah that that's where you that's where you think about hey where is god in all this why are there people they can build the business, jump into the, the next plane and do their, what they love? And I'm like here trying to <laughs> to figure out life. But um, for me, um, again and again, it, it happens every now and then again is to, to tell myself, like, look, um, I'm, I'm living, but I know that everything works together for the good. Even the waiting time, I know my father in heaven has something much greater for me than I could imagine. And it has, it's, it's, yeah, he has been proven it many, many hundred thousand of times in my life. Um, when I look back over my 30 years, it's, it's every now, Every year it happens. And uh, so I'm trusting again to say, yeah, it might not go the way I want, but there will be something better, uh, which I never could imagine. And uh, as we know, uh, something good needs quality. And if you want something good, you have to wait for it. It's like a Christmas gift. (laughs) It's like Um, the, uh, you remind me of that story of the, bamboo like in uh i don't know it's japan or china but i think all bamboo has the same growth pattern like it doesn't do anything for i don't know how long i don't know the statistics but the bamboo basically once you plant it it doesn't grow for like several years it doesn't do anything and then suddenly it grows like you know 10 meters you know suddenly like boom you know so there's a story like well just because nothing's happening doesn't mean that yeah. nothing's happening you know so exactly. it's, and i think it has a lot to do what what reminds me always is, um our emotion our physical being always wants to have things quickly yeah and i think we live in a culture that is so depending of having things quickly while the spiritual part is always developing slowly Mm. And it's almost almost like comparing to a stock market. Um, would you rather have um, a stock that is going up very quickly 
but then goes down again when, when yeah. you crash way quickly. Buy and hold, buy and hold. <laughs> yeah, or you have some a stock that is like slowly, slowly improving. And then after 40 years, you have like um, a crazy gain. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's what we, I think, wish. Um, yeah me as well other people can learn that more and more during the corona crisis to to just take time be patient and yeah focusing on the quality not the quantity it's a good man that's good what are you most grateful for right now great question um for you for your podcast <laughs> that i can right, be- I got you buddy thanks thanks for being here yeah, thank you. Like, I mean, it's always a joy to be on a podcast. Uh, where yeah, I know they're fun. By people. And uh, that's something that uh, I love to do. And that's what I'm grateful. I say, like, um, before I say, like, look, medical reports say that I shouldn't be able to talk. But I'm, like, talking and breathing and looking at you and... Uh, yeah, I would love if I could look at all the other people as well that are listening. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's like just a dream to always be on the podcast. And I'm grateful for that. And That's great. Speaking, to speak anywhere. And yeah. Anything coming up? Any exciting trips? Are you pretty much kind of just hanging out for because of everything that's going on? Or are you working on anything like right now? Any projects? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a project on, on uh, taking my ebook out into the world. Uh, it's called, yeah, we'll uh, put a link for that on the blog post for, for the episode. Yeah, so anyone yeah. can join uh, unlimitedu.co, my business website. Or if you want to know more about my story, um, it's nathanieltilbrook.com. So on both days, the ebook you should come download for free. Nice. And uh, so the cool thing is, uh, it's called Four Steps to Unlimit Your Life, which really helps you to to um, go through those four steps of getting to find out who am I, what am I here for, how I can create a dream with my strength, passion, and values, which you will identify within the ebook, and. Uh, the fourth step is all about, yeah, stepping into the dream that you have created and uh, nice. developing a victorious mindset. And uh, that's a project that I do. Um, the other thing that I want to finish is I have set the goal to be to have uh, 52 speakings a year. Wow. Um, every week. Every week, Yes. <laughs> Or a few really busy weekends. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm at, uh, I, need, I need nine more. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, exciting, man. That's already like, what, 43 that you've booked? Say again? You said you need nine more, so you have 43 already that you've booked? Yeah. Or, uh, wow. Yeah, I have a story. I, no, I need 11 more, sorry. 11. I have 41 at the moment. Wow. Like one that's going on next year. So I need 11 more, yeah. That's so, exciting. It's really exciting. And that's one of my dreams to have uh, to speak to 1 million people by the end of 2025. 
Nice. And to mentor 10,000 people by the end of 2025. Nice. Two of my big dreams. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys, with my friend Nathaniel. Hope it's inspired you to see your life newly and to remember that there's always a way. There's always something we can do to make the situation better, to live it to the best possible. And that starts with your attitude. You know, life is going to deal you some cards, but you can dance to the music, right? That's what it's all about. You can make it count and you can take action. That is number one. No matter what limits you perceive, the actual limit is in your mind. If you want to stay in touch with Nathaniel, you can go to his website, nathanielzerbrueg.com. And again, I'll put that in the show post, show notes post for this episode on the podcast page, my website. And if you check that out, you can get a free ebook or you can go to his website as well. And that's four steps to unlimit your life. It's a great little ebook Nathaniel wrote to kind of help you take some action to get jumpstart the process that we've been talking about today. And that's downloadable on all of his websites. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with my guest, Nathaniel. Make sure you subscribe for weekly podcast episodes and share this with one person that needs to hear this message today about not having limitations. You know, I think that that's something we should hear every day. But if you know somebody specifically that really is struggling, share this episode with them and help them get a little boost today. And let's not forget our quote from the beginning. There are no limitations to the mind except the ones we acknowledge. That's by Napoleon Hill. You know, limitations are in our minds. They do not exist in the world. They may be physical limits, but what those limits mean to you is really the thing that determines how you act. And this is what I'm talking about. You know, it sounds a little cliche, but really everything is in the mind. It doesn't mean that challenges don't exist. It just means that how we interpret those challenges will determine whether we continue or we quit. So make sure you look at that often and you remind yourself that you have the power. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day. Tune in on Friday. Actually, on Tuesday, we're going to be talking about uh, how to start a business. I'm going to be interviewing uh, Dan Dembski on Friday. He's one of the founders of Unbound Merino, a very successful clothing company. He started it with his friends using some uh, crowdfunding. So really interesting stuff, especially if you are looking to start a business or if you have a business and you're looking to scale, uh, if you're looking to use crowdfunding, it's going to be a great week for you next week. We're going to be doing a lot of business stuff. So hope to see you then. Until then, remember your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.